Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. What is up, my friends? Welcome to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? My name is Grant. Thanks for hanging out with us. Really appreciate it. I've got a great show for you today. We've got uh, my buddy Tim Page. He's a guy of, of many talents and a guy of many voices. Because Tim is a guy who uh, has kind of got a, a part-time side gig hustle, side gig hustle, side hustle gig going. He's got this little side thing that he does, doing voiceover work. And it kind of started in, in the podcast world. He does a lot of voiceover. So if you listen to many podcasts, you've probably heard Tim's sexy, soothing voice at the beginning of many of podcasts. But uh, he's also gotten into doing other types of voiceover work. So we just talk about voiceovers. Like, How do you get into something like that? And whether it be commercials or book reading or narration, or there's just all types of voiceover stuff and opportunities that Tim and I talk through. So really good stuff. Really enjoyed this interview. So let's get right into it, my friends. Here's my interview with voiceover artist and stud, all-around good dude, Tim Page. Enjoy. What is up, my friends? Welcome to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? Today, we are joined by my good friend, Tim Page. He's got his hand in a bunch of different stuff, but one of the things that he is known for is he does a lot of voiceover work and does a lot of intros, outros for podcasts and for for different types of audio opportunities. So excited to have Tim here with us today. He is a stud of a dude, a good friend, and he has a beautiful beard. So what is up, Tim? How you doing, man? (laughs) What's going on, buddy? Thanks for having me. You bet. All right. So what kind of voiceover stuff do you do? I mean, I I know a little bit on my end of some of the stuff that you tinker with, but like, give us a big picture. Like, What do you do with voiceover stuff? Yeah, it's cool because I am pretty selective about what I do in terms of voiceover because it's not my full-time thing. I mean, the vast majority of my day is spent doing work with a company called Lead Pages. So I get to really be picky about the work that I do. So about 70% of my voiceover work is me creating intros and outros for podcasts. I do intros and outros for podcasts like Entrepreneur on Fire, The James Altucher Show, Mobile Mix, a lot of our friends and all the way down to, you know, I just did one the other day, which was one of my favorites I've ever done for a um, Magic the Gathering, like that card game. (laughs) I did a a, a podcast intro for them that was, it was really cool. It was supposed to be dark and I had to do kind of like this, (laughs) you know, it was really fun. So yeah, I've done a lot of that. The other 30%, it ranges from commercials So I've done a lot of commercials that my voice is just right for where it's just supposed to be the average guy next door talking. I've done several uh, kind of infomercially type things like the one that the biggest commercial I've ever done was for a product called the No-No Pro. And a lot of people listening to this are probably laughing right now because it's typically marketed to women. It's a hair removal device. It looks like a cell phone. Okay. (laughs) And (laughs) they've not yet had a male voice do the commercial for the no-no pro until me. And so I get to be out there and say something like, you know, how would you like to have smooth, sexy skin <laughs> yes. all over, even on your face? You know, like <laughs> it's the weirdest thing that I think I've ever done. And then my favorite thing that I've done so far has not come out yet, but it's a travel channel one hour special with Andrew Zimmern from Bizarre Foods. Yeah. We did a special that I can't say the name of yet because uh, it hasn't been announced, but It's a really cool special all about eating kind of snack foods from all over the world. And I got to narrate that. So you did the whole thing. I did the whole thing. Yeah, the whole special. That is so cool. 
Yeah. What, like, like, give us some type of context because I know you're doing stuff with lead pages, and I, I know that's how we first got connected. But like, what percentage of your like income comes from voiceover stuff? Probably like maybe twenty percent. Okay, that's a good side hustle. Yeah, it's a great it's a great side business. It's, it's purely for me. It's purely passion based. I just really really enjoy doing it. And my wife says it all the time. She goes, "I'm just so lucky that my husband's hobby happens to pay a fair amount of money." Like it's just it's really luck. And at this point, because I'm so entrenched in what we're doing at Lead Pages, and because that's really uh, my future, it's been fun because. The voiceover stuff, I can take it seriously while at the same time not stressing out about where the next voiceover gig is going to come from. Not that I I have a hard time getting them, but it's cool to not have to freak out about it every day. And it allows me to be picky. It allows me to like right now I'm going through coaching with one of the world's greatest voiceover coaches in the world, Nancy Wolfson. And I'm just really learning and and getting into the business and discovering different pieces of it. And my eventual goal, the thing that I want to do more than anything is I want to voice a Marvel character in an animated Marvel movie or TV show or something. What are the, I mean, you rattled off a couple there of, you know, commercials or doing a, a like podcast stuff is obviously like a really, really specific niche. What are the other opportunities for doing voiceover work that just exist? Oh my gosh. Well, the cool thing is now the opportunities are limitless for voiceover. There are so many things that people never think of that are voiceover. For example, when you call a company and the automated (laughs) system picks up and says, hi, thank you for calling blah, 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 blah. Press one for this. That's a voiceover artist that did that. Yeah. And they got paid really, really well to do that. Those pay really well. I've done a few of them. There's e-learning, right? So, uh-huh. you know, if you you go through a course program or something like that or education when you get a new job, a lot of time the training is online and that's a voiceover artist. There are actual audiobook narrations, which is a huge thing now with Audible. Every time you listen to a book on Audible, that's a voiceover artist. Sometimes it's the the writer, but more often than not it's a voiceover artist. There's commercials. There's something that's really interesting that I learned about really recently. I didn't know. It's called Walla What Walla is, is whenever you're watching a movie or playing a video game and you hear people talking in the background, Mm -hmm. that's actually a group of voiceover artists that that's what they're trained in doing is talking in the background and sounding very normal and natural. They go into a big room with a microphone in the room and they, they move around. They stand in certain places. They reflect the environment. Really interesting. That's That's all that they do. I think the biggest growing voiceover opportunity right now is in video games. You know, a lot of people forget this or don't ever think about it, but video games actually generate more revenue than movies. And wow. so if you are a successful voiceover artist and you do a game, just for example, like Call of Duty, right. you know, you can be a huge celebrity just by being a voice on Call of Duty. That's so. Wild. Video games now have these big, massive storylines. And if you think about it, somebody plays a video game for 100 hours, where if they go watch a movie, it's you know 90 minutes and it's done. So there's a ton of opportunities. Do you find that most voiceover people are just in like one specific niche? Like they just focus on video games or they just do commercials? Or is it just kind of like, I'll just go where the opportunities may be? The really successful ones really focus on, it's not necessarily one niche. Like you won't, it's typically not that they just do commercials, but 
the ones that are really killing it, that are full time, that are just really, really big rock stars usually are in like, for example, somebody might be a character actor more than anything else. So they yeah. might do video games and cartoons and then they'll do some commercials, but it would be a commercial that calls for some kind of a character. Commercial voiceover artists typically do a lot of commercials and they'll do some e-learning, some of that kind of stuff. Audiobook people typically really focus on audiobooks and that seems like it'd be easy like oh you just sit in a booth and read a book but especially with fiction you're reading a book and when there's a character in order to be a great audiobook narrator you have to actually voice those characters and yeah. if you think about it 500 pages or 300 pages where there's different characters you have to remember each voice and do those voices as you go so it's really really interesting but yeah i would say more often than not people specialize and then there are people like me who i haven't really figured out my specialty yet so i just do a lot of everything but i think that's the case with like i think that's you make a great point there that for most people like if they're doing something like take speaking for example i'm a full-time speaker but when i got started like i had some idea of what i wanted to do but you some of it is you like you don't know until you try it so like for you you may be like well like commercials seem really cool and then you do a couple of commercials and you're like ah, that wasn't a really good fit so let's try podcasting like ah oh, this is a really good fit or doing walla or whatever where you're just trying to like try a couple different things until you find what your niche is. And so again, that's not applicable to just speaking or just voiceover. I mean, that's for anything. If sometimes you just you just have to try it until you get a sense of like, this resonates with me, this clicks, this works, or maybe I need to pivot and do something a little different. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time, I mean, this is especially true in voiceover, but in just about anything, most of the time, the market picks you. I am... 99.9% of the time, actually, I might, yeah, I'll say 99.9% .9 of the time, <laughs> I'm not going to be the movie trailer guy for the big movie. I don't have that kind of voice. You know, I don't sound like Don LaFontaine. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you're not going to hear me go, in a world, you know, because I sound like I'm faking it. You know, it, it sounds, sounds forced. Like Right. But also, you are definitely likely to hear me be the guy that's just kind of talking about something like, you know, when I travel, I really need to get this kind of thing done. And sometimes I'm just too busy. I'm that guy. I'm the normal, natural guy. So for something that needs a very just guy next door kind of thing, the market has picked me for that. Now, there's the freak side of that, which is the podcast intros and outros, which probably 90% of my intros and outros, I am the over-the-top ridiculous announcer just because I did a few like that and people loved it. So I think it's because people are used to my personality. I'm just kind of a crazy guy. So you hear me going, you know, this is the whatever podcast, you know, the big bombastic <laughs> announcer. But that's, I think the market outside of podcast intros has really picked me for a just regular guy next door. And and that's what happens, I think, with a lot of industries. Is there a danger in that? Like, in not only just in voiceover, but in anything of being like, well, my niche is being the normal guy. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it seems like it would be very difficult to stand out in a group of other normal guys. You would think so, but it, it's really funny. One of the biggest things that most voice actors struggle with is sounding normal. Because if you think about it, no. if you get in front of a microphone and you pick up a script, your natural tendency is to read that how you've heard that before in other commercials. And in the past, most commercials or most whatever was that guy. You know, it was like the JCPenney one day sale. You know, <laughs> it's that. But now the biggest trend right now in voiceover is that everybody wants that normal person. If you listen to most commercials, with the exception of the big retail stores, more often than not, commercials are just 
if it's a commercial for a cleaning product, it's like this frustrated mom that's like, oh, every day my kids are spilling and making another mess. Right. Luckily, I've got Lysol, you know, and it's just that's what people relate to now. So I actually I've found that actually really branding yourself and focusing on that niche and letting people know that that's what you're all about can actually make you successful as opposed to just being whatever. It's good to be versatile, but your marketing can't be versatile. You need to be really specific. Again, I think that's a good point of if you have the opportunity to be a voiceover guy for something, you can't be like, well, what are you looking for? Because I can do anything. You know, I can do the I can do the deep dark thing and I can yeah. do the I can do movie trailers and I can also do commercials and I can do this and I can do that and I can do really high and I can do characters and and my guess would be someone would hear that and be like, well you probably suck at all of them. Like you gotta like kind of zone in and figure out like like this is what I'm really good at. And so if you're looking for this, I'm your guy. But if you're looking for that, there's other people that would probably be a better fit for you. Right. Like a great example. So accents. There are people that specialize in accents that are really good at them. I'm not one of them. I've got a few that I can do okay, but there are literally people that you cannot tell the difference. And you can hear them yeah. do an accent. They can go, oh, you need a Russian? They'll do a Russian, and they'll just do like a, their natural voice only Russian. And then they'll go, oh, they need to be a fat Russian with buck teeth. And then they do a fat <laughs> Russian with buck teeth. And it's incredible. But at the end of the day, chances are if somebody put out a job audition for a guy with a southern accent, and I was like, yeah, I'll tell you what, I could do a southern accent real good. I can almost sound a little bit like George Bush. <laughs> you know, like if I were to do that, and then somebody who really has a Southern accent, that person with a Southern accent is going to book 99% of the time because that's who's going to be the first person that comes to their mind, not me, the Northerner from New York who has an unexplainable accent. Right, right. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, so let me ask you this. How do you recognize and realize like you have a voice for that, you know, like, how do you have a, a voice for voiceovers or for radio, you know, because there's some people like I had, I had breakfast the other day with a guy who's a, a podcaster, and he was in radio for like 20 some years. And I'm talking to him, and I'm just like, dang, your voice is just smooth. Like, yeah. it just like, it's just, you know, just it's made for radio, you know, so how do you recognize like you have that kind of unique type of skill set in your voice? Well, the funny thing is that guy would struggle more with voiceover than somebody who doesn't have that voice. Really? Right now, yeah, because, the again, the big trend is natural, normal, normal voice. Yeah. A lot of people aren't hiring the bombastic, announcery radio guys. The radio guys that didn't figure out that that's what people were looking for really struggle in the voiceover world. But how do you know? To be honest, the opportunities are so wide right now that I don't think there's a particular voice. Now, if your voice is the most annoying thing in the world, uh, even then you probably could be a voiceover artist. A, a perfect example, uh, Gilbert Godfrey. Right, yep. That's he has an amazing voiceover career and his voice is ridiculous. Yeah. And that's how he really talks. And he's a friggin' Iago in Aladdin, right? So that's the case. So there's no particular voice, but here's where I think you can figure out if voiceover is right for you. First off, it's getting coaching. That's the best decision I ever made was getting coaching because it really helps you figure that out. But the other thing is, if you... Literally, like I think I heard Clay, the CEO of Lead Pages, I think I heard him say this once. If you can't not do that, like if you can't not act, if you can't not do voices or mimic commercials or walk around doing stupid things all day, then it's worth pursuing. And then at that point, if somebody will pay you to do that, that's the other thing. Because at the end of the day, you hear me say voiceover, I'm a voiceover artist, I'm a voiceover this, but it's still voice acting. No matter what you're doing, it's voice acting, whether you're acting like a normal person, whether you're acting like a creature from another planet, it's still voice acting. Even 
on the stuff where you're going, hi, thank you for calling so-and-so. That's still acting because I don't talk like that. Right. And they don't want you to talk like you talk. They want you to be very professional and very clean and represent their brand. So hmm. the things are you have to, first off, not be able to not do that thing. And then the other thing is you have to really be willing to learn how to act and how to act in what I think is the most difficult way of acting, which is just with your voice. There's no facial features. There's no motion. It's all your voice. If you can do that, then then I think you're you're probably suited to at least get started and try out voiceover. Have you always been intrigued by voice and voice range and characters and all that? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I've loved cartoons since I was a kid. You know, I was a big like X-Men fan and yeah. Transformers and all that kind of stuff. So I've always loved that. It's not like I loved commercials and, and uh, audiobooks <laughs> when I was a kid, but you know, I've just always loved that, and I've always been a performer. I was a touring musician for six years, and I've just always loved the idea that you can have an impact in some way on people's day through some kind of a performance. You know, when I was in the band that we used to get, back in the day, it was MySpace messages. There you go. We used to get messages and emails and letters and stuff from people that would say, like the one that I'll never forget was, I'm actually, this person was saying, I'm laying in, in the hospital, I have cancer, we don't know what's going on, and listening to your songs gets me through my day, you know, it's it's just a positive part of my day. And to have that kind of an impact on somebody through a performance that you just absolutely love doing has always been so appealing to me. And voice acting, even though I'm doing a lot of commercial stuff where I'm basically just trying to get people to buy products, even doing that, for me, it's a performance. And I think at the end of the day, I know that a lot of the times, it's not every time, but a lot of the time, the product that I'm promoting or the podcast that I'm promoting could have that impact for somebody. And so I get to do that in just a different way. And then eventually, of course, I really want to get into animation, although I have doubts as to whether I can ever make that happen. But I'm going to go for it anyway. But that's kind of where that road leads for me to where I can give a performance to take somebody away from whatever is going on in their life, make them laugh, make them smile or whatever. Why do you have doubts on the animation stuff? I don't have a natural talent for it. I have zero natural talent for characters. And everybody I know that is in animation, they say, well, the thing is, characters aren't just go making wacky voices. You know, it's not. It's really about being able to get into a character and whatever voice you do, you need to be able to do that when they're getting punched, when they're giggling, when they're falling, when they're jumping, when they're happy, when they're sad. It's all about getting into character. And that I can do. It's the voices that I really struggle with. My best friend is like on the opposite end of the voiceover spectrum from me. He can do amazing voices. He did this. He did the Joker, his own version of the Joker from Batman. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I got chills. It was so good. Whereas if you ask him to go and read a promo for some new product, he's getting better at it, but it's he really struggles. And so it's interesting because I hear him and I go, he could be a great animation character voice actor. And then I try and do it and I just end up sounding so forced. Yeah. So my thing is eventually I'm going to get some training. I'm going to try it out, see if I can make it happen. And if I can't, that's okay. I don't have a natural knack for it. Whereas a lot of the commercial stuff, the podcast intros and all that, it came so naturally to me right. that the training just helped bring that out further. Whereas I feel like the training for the character voices and the animation is going to be literally, I have to learn how to do it. So you feel like like with some of the, like the podcast intro outro stuff, that comes pretty naturally, but the other stuff, it's like, you feel like you're starting from scratch. Yeah, I mean, I could walk around all day doing the commercial voices and the podcast voices. I do it often. I do this thing where I will, um, 
I'll narrate something in a goofy movie trailer voice. <laughs> so I'll be like, in a world where my wife is hungry and there's nothing in the cupboard, one husband will go to the store and buy her some food. I want to see that movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, And obviously I'm not a movie trailer voice kind of guy, but I can hop into stuff like that, no problem. I can walk around going, you need to go and check this out. You know, I, I can do the natural commercial voice. I can do the bombastic commercial voice. But when it comes to like doing a character, I don't really have any. I have two characters. You want to hear my two character voices? Yes, please. Okay. And they're both based on people I know in real life. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to tease people. I want you to do one of them, and we're going to save the other one for the bonus round. Okay. Don't let me forget. Okay. I actually named him. Okay. I named him after the real person that it's the voice of. And this is Mitch. Okay. All right. Hey, you guys. So I was thinking that later, maybe we could go to the store and then we, we, why did you just step on my foot? Okay. So Mitch was this, he was a guy that I used to work with. We sold vacuums and he would go from zero to a million in two seconds, but it was always whiny. So when he was angry and so frustrated, it sounded like a cat getting punched in the face. And so he would literally, we had this one moment where he won a vacation he won a vacation to Cancun, wow. which you would think, whoa, this is awesome. And so he's like, he's whining about something. And we're like, dude, all you have to do is go in and, and do one more sales pitch, which you've already won the presentation. He's like, I don't want to do that one more sales pitch. And we're like, Mitch, you should just go in there and do it. He, he was like, well, I don't think I should have to go in there. I mean, would you want to do this job if you want a free vacation? <laughs> and so I swear to you one day. If I only do one animation, it's going to be Mitch. And then obviously I'll show you the other one, which is actually from the same company. What's the other character's name? John. John. Okay. All right. I, I'm going to have to change that one because it's a little too, you know, it's just John. But. <laughs> All right. Let me ask you this. Like your first taste of voiceover work, was that a gig that you found or is it a gig that found you? It found me. So I was doing a really, really, really boring generic podcast called The Awesome Podcast. <laughs> nice. Uh, it was anything but awesome, but I really enjoyed doing it. And I interviewed people that were doing cool stuff and basically asked them how to become entrepreneurs, how to be in shape, that kind of stuff. So in doing that podcast, I didn't have any money to hire a voice artist. So I made my own intros and I started out by making these really ridiculous intros. I did one that was like a movie trailer because again, I just love mimicking that voice, even though I'm not good at it. So I did one that was like, in a world of entrepreneurs who can't figure out how to make it in business, one podcast will save the day. And I did that, <laughs> and I put some crazy effects on it, and I got this trailer music, and I put it behind it, made it all epic. And on the podcast, I was like, just because I really enjoy doing that, if anybody's interested, reach out to me, and I'll do your podcast intro. And I did a couple, and then I had people coming back and, and asked me to do more, and they paid me to do more. So I was like, okay, this is fun. And I, I got on Fiverr.com, which is hilarious. Yep. And I was getting paid five bucks to make these ridiculous intros. I was getting paid five bucks for 20 minutes worth of work. <sighs> and it was crazy, but I was doing that for a while. And then kind of my, my first big-ish break in the world of voiceovers was John Lee Dumas reached out to me just as Entrepreneur on Fire was really starting to take off. He yeah. was getting like 400,000 downloads a month and people were really paying attention. And he said, you know, hey, will you do my intros? I like what you've been doing. Will you do my intros? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll do them. I'll do them for you for free because we're buddies. And he goes, no, no, no. Yes, we are buddies, but no, this is business and I want to pay you. So I quoted him some astronomically low number and he came back and he was like, nope, I'm going to pay you this much. And it was like 10 times what I quoted him. And <sighs> 
we end I was like, okay. And so I did that. And from that day on, I've been just bombarded with intro and outro orders for podcasts. It's I average five to ten orders a week, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a lot when it's a part time gig. And and when that's only a part of what I do with the voiceover. So that was really kind of the big thing. And then since then, I've done a lot of podcast intros for other big podcasters. Probably the the second biggest one is is the James Altucher show, which actually mm-hmm. sometimes outranks John. But it's it's such a different market. But still, people will come to me and say, "I listen to the James Altucher show every day. I listen to that show, and I just I know your voice so well, and I would love for you to be the voice of my podcast." So that's kind of where it all stemmed from. And from there, I was kind of like, "All right, well, I love doing this. Let me see if I can do this a little bit more." So from the podcasting standpoint, I mean, you connect with some of the right people and it uh, naturally, obviously with like with podcasting, you have oftentimes a lot of other podcasters that listen to other people's shows. And so you can, you can pick up a lot of business that way. So you've got some of those networks and connections. How do you begin to break into commercials or just some of those other types of niches for voiceover work? Yeah. So it's not super easy to be honest. And I still don't do nearly as much work in what I'll call the bigger markets of TV commercials and that kind of stuff. Those are tougher to get into, but it's still possible. The way that most people get it once they've kind of gotten there is through agents. So agents are responsible for a lot of the major commercials, the ones you see every day, the Home Depot and that kind of stuff. But there is a huge proportion of other jobs, commercials, narrations, audiobooks, that kind of stuff, that can be found in other ways. And a lot of it is through traditional marketing. You literally put yourself out there, reach out to the companies that are making explainer videos, the companies that are doing audiobooks. You sign up for websites like Audible's ACX, which is the audiobook creation exchange. So if somebody has a book and they want it to be an audiobook, they go there, they post it, they post what they're willing to pay, and you can go there and say, I'll voice that for you. And then you can voice that book. Now, I've not gone that route, but that's one way to go. Another way to go is there's a a website. And I don't recommend people do this for a long time, maybe just to get started. But there's a website called Voice Bunny, like Bunny Rabbit, Uh voicebunny.com, where it's very commoditized, which is why I don't recommend people do it for very long. Basically, you can go on there, you can say how much you're willing to pay, and you post your job. And it's the people that audition for it. It can be like five auditions. And of the five auditions, three to four of them will be absolute garbage. Yeah, It'll be voiceover artists that absolutely suck. And then you'll get like one to two that are pretty darn good. And there's probably 10 voiceover artists on the site that are really good. And I guess I'll say there are 11 that are good. I'm like the 11th. There are 10 (laughs) that are amazing. And then I'm also in there. I'm like the second highest ranked male voice artist on the site right now. But I also charge way higher than almost everybody else. Because literally people will go on there and do a a 20-minute thing for 10 bucks. Right, right, right. So anyway, so that's a good place to start. But then kind of the the next step. And I would say the step that you want to aspire to if you don't have an agent and you're really diving in and you're kind of taking it seriously is there are websites called pay to play websites. Yeah. And what that is, is you basically pay to have auditions sent to you. And the two main ones are voice123.com and voices.com. They both cost around the same. I think they're like 400 bucks a year. And then for that with voice123, which is my personal favorite, you don't pay a dime after that. Basically, you get emailed every time an audition comes in and they accept however many they want. So the client can say they'll take 20 or 200 and you audition against all these other people. And some of those are big jobs like the Travel Channel job I got from there. 
no-no I got from there. So a lot of the the bigger jobs do come through there now because people don't want to go through agents if it's not that big of a job. But then once you get a job, like when you audition, they reach out to you. The client does, not voice one, two, three, but the client, they'll reach out to you and say, hey, I liked your voice. Are you willing to do this job for the price that you quoted? And of course I say yes. And then literally everything is done through you at that point. So you have to invoice them. You have to collect payment from them. You do the work. Once the job is posted, voice one, two, three is done with it but they don't charge you anything else. Right. Voices.com is a little different in that everything is done through the website. So the client makes the payment through the website. Voices.com takes a percentage of it. I don't know what their percentage of it is. I think it's five or 10%. Right. They take a percentage of it and then everything is done kind of eBay style. So it, they basically make sure that the job gets fulfilled and everything is done and there's a dispute process and all that. I've not booked much on Voices.com, probably five or six things. It's like the channel that you get to when you, even if you do have an agent, but if you're not booking all the time, that's the best place to go. Awesome. Very cool. Well, I got a couple of questions for you. One would just be for someone that's just brand, brand new. You gave us a couple of sites there, but what would be some of those early next steps that they could do to get rolling? Is it worth doing something like Fiverr when you're just getting started or how you build some of those connections? And then also, of course, we've got to hear the voiceover of this mysterious John character. So we're going to uh, we're going to save that for the bonus round. But hey, Tim, if people want to find out more about you and find out more about this voiceover work that you're doing and some of the uh, some of your uh, examples or samples that may be out there in the world, where, where can we go to find out more? Yeah, so um, for the podcast stuff, if you're in podcasting, you can go to makemyintro.com. So it's makemyintro.com. And then uh, for kind of the other stuff, the commercial stuff and whatnot, you can go to thevoiceoftimpage.com. It's P-A-I-G-E.com. I'm just pulling up makemyintro.com. Oh, this is slick. Yeah, people, definitely stop by, check this out. If this is something that you're intrigued by and interested by, and uh, even if you're not, you know, this is, a, and Tim and I, we, you know, we've talked a lot about this, but this is the, the point of doing a show like this, is some people are going to be really interested in voiceover work, and other people will be like, I don't know that that's my cup of tea, but if Tim can do, then can make some of his living through voiceover work, then surely I can figure out what, what my thing is. So, Tim, really appreciate you sharing your, your story and journey with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, man. we got a couple of other questions in that bonus round, so we'll be coming at people with that in just another second. All right, there you go, my friends. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Tim Page. Hey, if you enjoyed that and you want to stick around for the bonus material, I'd encourage you to go to grantbaldon.com slash Tim Page. That's P-A-I-G-E. Again, grantbaldon.com slash Tim Page. You can download that bonus material totally for free and check out a little more of what Tim and I talk about there. So we appreciate you listening. Appreciate you hanging out with us. We've got a couple more episodes until we get to 100. We're at episode 98 right now, so we're just a couple away. So if you're just joining us, maybe you're just getting caught up and you're kind of going back through the archives, Maybe you've been listening for uh, since the beginning. Maybe you've just been listening for the past couple days or something. Whatever it is, hey, we really, really do appreciate you. It really does mean a lot. And uh, excited to bring something cool to you for episode 100. So you will be hearing about that very, very soon. But until then, we'll catch you later, my friend. You're awesome. Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you next time.